1: business talk for the corner office CEO and the blue-collar worker. This is the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. That's our news. I'm Bob in Washington. Former Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz describes a hidden constitutional peril in all the indictments against former President Trump. The 19 Project is now coming after all the lawyers uh, who defended Trump and is trying to get them disciplined and disbarred, including me. So uh, we have not only our First Amendment is in danger, but our Sixth Amendment right to counsel is in danger as well. And the noted constitutional scholar spoke this week with the Salem News Channel. A cyber attack hit hospital computer systems.
2: They call it a data security incident, and it began Thursday at facilities operated by Prospect Medical Holdings, which is based in California and has hospitals and clinics there and in Texas, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania. The company issued a statement saying they were focusing on the pressing needs of their patients while working to get things back to normal as
3: fast as possible.
1: And this is SRN News.
4: I always thought the tires would be more expensive at a dealership, but
1: Invergrove Hyundai
4: proved me wrong. Hi, it's Mike from Rosemont. I knew I needed a new set of tires before winter. My go-to is usually my warehouse club because, hey, they're a warehouse club, right? They have to have the best deal. I bought two cars at Invergrove Hyundai, and they're great to work with, so I thought I'd just see what they had to offer. I told Tyler what I usually spend and asked if he had a good set of tires in that price range. He gave me a great quote, and it was a few bucks under my limit on a set of four tires. Plus, he got me in and out in an hour. If you need tires, skip the specialty shop and the warehouse clubs and give Invergrove Hyundai a
5: call. Let them know what you need, and they'll take care of you like they did for me. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com.
6: For women
1: facing unplanned pregnancies, Robbinsdale Women's Center is the best first step in getting information, resources, and the support they need to make an informed choice. I'm talking with Bruce, a longtime supporter of RWC. Bruce, Why do you and your wife continue to give?
3: We love and appreciate what RWC offers women, empowerment when they feel most vulnerable. Unlike some clinics that offer only one choice, RWC provides accurate information on all options so women can make the best choice. Our investments are fruitful in saving lives. Each week, an average of five women who are initially at risk will instead choose life. R.W.C. is debt-free, receives no government funding, it's 100% donor-funded, and needs our help to reach even more women with life-affirming care and support.
1: How can listeners help support the life-affirming work at Robbinsdale
3: Women's Center? Go to rwcinfo.org to help more women have the opportunity and support to choose life. Donate today at rwcinfo.org.
7: Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded.
2: Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary.
5: Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
2: It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The
0: process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy.
2: Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve.
0: If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix simple problems first
2: now here's Professor King Banyan.
8: good morning and welcome King Banyan show the biz 14:40. thank you for being here today. Um, I don't know where you are and or, or uh, even what's happening down at the mothership but up here in St. Cloud a little rain passing through uh, had some hot days had some not so hot days uh, last night was uh, the night that uh, of the Benton County Fair. Uh, which is approximately one and a half miles from my house. My, our, my wife and I walked over and uh, hung around for a little bit. Uh, stopped at the uh, bingo parlor to to leave a few dollars for the Lions Club, and then came on back. It's a perfect summer thing to do, and it was a perfect evening uh, there at the at the fair. Um, and and so it's of course Job Saturday, and and and. By now, you we always do this this way, right? Because we're on Saturday and not on Friday. We're not giving you hot takes. We're giving you deep cuts. We're going to give you basically what's the story behind all these data and let's integrate it into the view we have of the economy at this time. The reason I put this this way is, again, another number – where you could have said, and it was, I saw a few people calling it the Goldilocks report. 187,000 jobs, it's the first number we've seen in a while that has been under 200,000. So people say, see, the market's slowing down, things are going better, you know, we're, we're making that soft landing. And other people who are looking at other data, like the wage data, for example, and saying, I think there's still a problem here. I still think there's, I still think that there's significant inflation in the economy, and I think and therefore we should be very, very, uh, very concerned about higher inflation. And the Federal Reserve should not back off of its of its uh, approach to fighting inflation with rate increases, like it did last week. Now we're on. We're on like a mini Federal Reserve hiatus. Um, there's a little bit longer period between the last FOMC meeting and the next one. Nothing's happened so far. Okay, well, something's happened, but it's not. It's not from the jobs report or any other data point. Um, the big, the one of the big pieces of news of the week that I thought got more attention than it should was that. One of the credit rating agencies, Fitch, which is probably the least known of the three, downgraded U.S. government debt to AA plus from AAA, leaving only nine countries in the world with a AAA credit rating. Most of them are in are in the northern tier, or the northern core, as I like to think of it, of the European Union. Okay, places like Denmark, Sweden, uh, even though Denmark technically isn't in the European Central Bank, but it's part of the EU. Germany, Austria, Switzerland, those places have AAA bond ratings. U.S. was a member of that club until very recently. Interestingly, Singapore is a AAA bond rating bond rated com, uh, country. Um and might be worth thinking about. I actually think that well, that is not I thought initially well what's changed? Why would you do that now? We just went through a a potential default on US government debt, but many rating agencies take their time to give them. I want to talk a little bit more about that in the second hour. Because I think, I think that story is important. But another number that came out this week that I do want to take some time with you to think about this morning is going to be how we think about what creates sustainable growth for not for the economy, not the abstract GDP, but thinking about what creates sustainable growth for a family's income. And the role that productivity plays, because along with wages this week, we got data about second quarter productivity growth that looked very positive and for many people were being used on Friday. I have an example in my cuts today uh, and i I have a smaller number of cuts because I need to talk a lot about about data and I need to talk about about bonds and I promised uh, one of our listeners. Uh, that I would re- go back and review what I said last week at the very end of the show. You can go back and listen to the show last week on TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and listen to the podcast. I will tell you it was mostly about the FOMC meeting a week ago last Wednesday. Um, but at the very end, I spoke very briefly about Japan, and I think that has some has had some impact this week, and I'm going to tell you why during the second hour as well. So I get some stuff I'm putting on the burner for the second hour. I want to talk about the credit rating. I want to talk about what the Bank of Japan did and why why would you care about what uh, about how the Bank of Japan sets its monetary policy? I'll tell you why. But let's get right to the Job Saturday report right off the top right off the top by looking in in, right Again, total non-farm payroll up 187,000 jobs in July. The unemployment rate at 3.5%. Have you noticed that we really just don't talk about the unemployment rate very much? We don't because since March of 2022, so so doing the numbers quickly in my head, for 16 months in a row now, the unemployment rate in the United States has trended between 34 and 3.7%. Now I remind people that in order to be counted as unemployed you actually have to be actively seeking work. And one of the big issues in in the growing of the economy in in the recovery from the pandemic has been can we get people to go back to work cuz labor force participation dropped dramatically. In the period between in the in the period between March of 2020 and June, July of 2020. We had two percent of the two percent of the adult population, two and a half percent of the adult population just leave. They weren't working. They weren't waiting for work. They're not they're not searching for work. They're just gone. As you look at the data right now, you, you can see that, you can see that most of those workers were most of those workers that are exiting the labor force are in this category of over age 55 but under age 65. There's been some smallish drop, smaller drop in the number of 16 to 19 year olds and maybe a little bit in 20 to 24-year-olds. 20, so you hear people talk about prime-age population, 25 to 54. That age cohort, that that big chunk of the U.S. population, is back at work at the same rates they were before. What we're not seeing is, is the return of the 55 to 64-year-old. They're out, and they continue to stay out. The theory that I've relied on for this has been: households have been able to build up savings, supplemented by a number of things. One, yes, the the additional money that um, the additional money that they receive from the various the CARES Act, the ARP, Carissa. They got some checks. But I think the bigger piece of this is when the when monetary policy pushed interest rates so low that you could get a 25 to 3% mortgage, a lot of families did that to reduce the amount of spend they had on their homes. And that plus whatever they had in their retirement account is allowing them to stay out of the labor force the stock market hasn't crashed if, if if anything it's it's going to pretty substantial levels what what i find fascinating in the stock market and again be very clear with you i am not a stock market analyst i don't have i don't have any of that training i'm not a financial planner i'm a university economist that said we can all read the fact that in the last 3 months the number of stocks that are getting to new 52 week highs is increasing in that most of the growth in the indexes which had been focused on the fang stocks okay the 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 internet 7 to 10 stocks that sort of dominate everything has spread out and is now in other places because I do think there are folks out there who are actually investing their funds to seek returns that allow them to stay ahead of inflation. That additional money is also keeping house prices high, keeping the construction industry strong because folks that are locked into a 3% mortgage are, you know, not locked in. I mean, they're voluntarily locked in. They're golden handcuffs. I have a 3% mortgage. If I sell my house, I'm going to have a 7% mortgage. I don't want that. I'm going to stay in my house. Therefore, the supply of, of existing houses available is low. That, therefore, induces construction firms to build new houses and to employ them. So despite high interest rates, the construction industry is doing really well. Had I actually thought about this thoroughly, in terms of critic critically looking back at my forecast in, in January, I missed this part. Okay, I didn't think through clearly enough how much how much people would be locked into their homes and that the fact that existing housing wasn't on the market would therefore bolster the construction industry. But that's also because I didn't think the stock market would do as well as it did this year. And so that that has an impact too. So all of that to say the labor force participation rate being stuck where it is should come as no surprise because there's nothing really pushing people in labor supply to people who are out of the labor force to come back in the labor force, particularly in that fifty five to sixty four year old age cohort. They have enough wealth, they've got a great mortgage, they've got a great mortgage, they've 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 got some stream of income, and they're choosing to step back out of the labor market. Let me take a break here when we come back more on a job Saturday here on the King Banyan show on the Biz fourteen forty.
1: Lakeville to Lake Superior and Champlin to Chile. We're where you are. The Biz 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Listen in anytime, anywhere
5: at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. More than 80 million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one for news, important weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio from new cars being manufactured, and we can't let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, Senate Bill's 1669 and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. It also faces action in the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them that you want their support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant, and available to you in your car. This is your opportunity to stand up and be heard, or you can text AM to 52886. That's AM to 52886 to tell congress to support am radio this is important text am to 52886 that's am to 52886 do you have medicare
7: and do you use a cpap machine this is a national health care alert regarding your cpap supplies using a clean cpap mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy
1: cancer doesn't stop for COVID-19. Hello, I'm Dr. Cecilia Brewington. If you are age 45 or older, it's time to return to care and get tested. The government requires insurance companies to cover not only colonoscopy, but a range of tests, including virtual colonoscopy and other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual
9: colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more. At iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com.
6: The prison band was there, they
4: began to wail. The band was jumping, and the jump began to swing. You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds sing that
8: welcome back King bang show the biz 1440 thank you for listening today um, yeah so one of the things that's always um, this is this is both a lesson in economics and a caution about listening to economists of which I'm one that you know th- there's an old joke. Alright, if you want if you want to create an economist, you take a parrot, you teach it to say the word supply and demand. And you're done. Right? So I I caution you that in the next in the next thirty minutes or so, you're gonna hear supply and demand more than average. More than I normally talk about it. And I need to be I need to give you a quick, quick lesson. About that, one of the things to be careful of is to be careful that you do not, in the words of the blogger uh, Scott Sumner, former uh, Brandeis University professor of Economics, who now lives in Southern California, um never reason from a price change. There are a lot of people who looked at the two data points in the in the establishment survey of the jobs report where we saw 187,000 jobs so a slowing growth rate in number of jobs but wages staying fairly high growing at a, at at, a, at maybe even a faster rate and from that from that they conclude that there must be a shortage in labor supply and that's why I spent time in the last segment talking about this supply of 55 to 64 year olds because one thing that could lead to a shift in labor supply would be 55 to 64-year-olds simply choosing a life that has more leisure and less work in it. Most of the people I know who have quote-unquote retired, and I'm wearing my air quotes in the air, and I live in a, live in a fairly rarefied, you might even argue privileged world, where most of the people I I know who've retired retire from white-collar jobs where they have been in management, and many of them have the opportunity to continue working for themselves part-time, creating little businesses, doing consulting, um, and so forth. And many of them are, in fact, doing just that. They're not going to zero. They are going to less. I mean, I'm reaching the point in my career where I think to myself, there's going to be a point in time where I'm going to want to do less than I do now. But I'm not going to go from showing up here six days a week, which is what I do currently, and working on an average and uh, a 10 hour day. Um, I'm not going to go from that to zero. So, I would be careful about trying to reason from the price change that because the quantity of labor is rising at a slower rate, wages are rising at a at a faster rate or at a rate that's pretty fast that therefore there must be a labor supply problem in the market but i'm I am hearing that in a number of places um and 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 so I want to play. What I think of is the quintessential part of this. I saw this, you know, and I, I, I very quickly for newer listeners here on the King Banging Show on the Biz fourteen forty. I would say my I, my regular listeners know my habit on jobs on jobs uh, Friday is in the ten minutes where the jobs report comes out. I just track. Uh, the Twitter feeds of, every, of of a group of people on uh, who are economists who do day-to-day economic forecasting and so forth. I track them to see what their guesses are. Then at 7.30, I pop on CNBC and I watch exactly eight minutes of CNBC to see what the number was and what the initial reaction is. And I usually get one or two clips out of that. The one that caught my eye yesterday was Tyler Goodspeed, who was a Trump economic advisor, um, now works at the Cato Institute, um, and that, which I, I still think of as being one of the better think shops in uh, in Washington, um, and and he and Tyler it, Tyler Goodspeed is on there. Um, talking about the fact that he thinks this is this is evidence of a shortage of supply so i want to play this for you this is cut one please
3: well, I think what it means is that this is mostly a supply story or more of a supply story than a demand story. Demand probably hasn't cooled that much for labor, but we have a supply issue. When price when price goes up and quantity goes down, that, that points to a supply side factor. And I think Steve is spot on to note that that the problem here is we now have an employment to population ratio for 25 to 54-year-olds that is back to or even above where it was pre-pandemic. But In the meantime, we've had a demographic transition. The peak cohort of the baby boom generation was 1957. Those folks all turned 65 last year. So I think that there's a, it's going to be harder to add as many jobs just given the supply constraints.
8: Now, he got my attention not only because he named my birth (laughs) year, right? I'm that peak of the baby boom generation. Um, I've actually always thought the peak was a couple years earlier, but let that be. I'm in that I'm in that peak baby boom generation. We're actually 65 plus, right? I, you know, uh, and that there and that's true. But what that doesn't pick up is the fact that over the last 20 years, the willingness of 65 plus workers to stay in the labor market has been substantially higher than it was in the latter half of the twentieth century. Where for sixty five to seventy four year olds, you're still seeing about one in three of them stay in the labor force. I should get the exact date out. I'll go look later. I'll go look during the break. But but I I would point out that one of the things that would make me decide to not leave the labor force very fast is higher wages. Right, the demographic trend is can be offset by higher wages, but there are two impacts. In economics, we teach you that labor supply has both a substitution effect and an income effect. The substitution effect is the trade-off between working and leisure. Is the, okay that the relevant price is the wage rate. And if you offer me more money to work, I will do more work and less leisure. On the other hand, the income effect says, if I have greater income, regardless of what the wage rate is, I'm going to want more leisure and less labor. What's the fun of having all that income if you can't enjoy it? So, These two impacts, rising stock market, rising house prices, Okay, and dare I say, an asset bubble is inflating the cost of labor to the point where it's pushing wages up. And this is really interesting if you think about the impact this has on. On monetary policy, and I and we did monetary policy almost wall to wall last week. So I'm going to spend very. I'm not going to spend very much time on this. I'm going to spend a little bit. But here's the first point: if you've created an asset bubble that's successful, one of the things that it does, as it did in 2007 and 2008, and as I believe it's doing now in 2022 and 2023, is it's it's making it possible and desirable for your, what's now the baby boom generation. Back then it would have been greatest generation types. To stay out of the labor market because they have enough money in their 401ks. This is why I say if you want to know what will cause a lot of people to jump back in the labor force and push the unemployment rate up will also be a supply thing. But it's not the wage impact. This is where I disagree with Tyler. It's not the wage impact, it's the wealth effect, the income effect. It's not substitution, it's income that is causing this to happen. And what, what I think businesses are realizing is there isn't a, a reasonable wage rate a, rate, a wage rate at which the business has a, a hope in heck of actually making a profit at which a 60 year old that is sitting on a 2 million dollar portfolio is going to come back and work for me they're just going to stay out and i don't think i don't think that the analysis that i'm hearing has really understood that point very well i'm going all right i and and so i'm going to take a break here when i come back i'm actually People would think I must be in the Larry Summers fan club. I'm actually going to criticize something Larry said last night in just a moment here. On the King Banyan Show, on the biz, 1440.
4: I feel so tense and worried all the time. Is this anxiety?
0: Mental Health Minnesota is here to help seven days a week with resources, peer support, online screenings, connections to treatment and crisis services. It's anonymous, confidential, and free of charge. Whether you're living with a mental health condition, are concerned about someone you love, or could use some support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you. MentalHealthMN.org. Sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station.
3: When it comes to investing in your house, Do you want to know what one of the most confusing items there is to make decisions on? Windows. We are talking massive price swings, every salesperson telling you something vastly different, and very little useful information online, which opens the door for salespeople to overcharge you. Hi, I'm Ryan with My 3 Quotes, an expert on your side. I've worked with many of the top window brands and installers in the Twin Cities and can give you the pros and cons of each. That's what you get when you call me to stop by and measure your windows. We'll talk options that best fit your needs, whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, and you'll receive quotes from multiple contractors just a few days later. There's no obligation to buy, but if you do, I'll be there to help you write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, I provide the same free service for siding and roofing. Window lead times are extra long right now, so set up an appointment today at GetMyThreeQuotes.com. That's the number three,
4: George Orwell's book, 1984, was supposed to be fiction, not a roadmap. He understood the importance of this mindset when he said, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Today, more than ever, our classrooms have become a place of conformity and not liberty. Join Rebecca Hagstrom and Abigail Johnson. As they lead the conversation about what's required to take steps forward in putting these liberties back in our classrooms and our country. Education America tackles the biggest issues around education, including critical race theory, racial equity, school choice, and so much more. Tune into Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 1280 The Patriot. Saving the classroom starts with being informed and being ready to stand up. Join Rebecca and Abigail Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot.
7: That's TwinCitiesTuitionS.com.
8: Welcome back, King Benjamin Show, the Biz 1440. I just tweeted at you the labor force participation rate data for. Um, did I just did I just drop that? I must have closed it. Hang on a second. I want to make sure I look at it right. You can see that drop in the labor force participation at for age sixty-five plus, and you can just see it drop by two to three points since the since the uh, great financial crisis. And it will not, and it does not return. Right. So let me just let me let me go grab that that slide again. And this takes out the folks that are claiming disability. Now, actually, I won't get into this too much. The disability numbers rose post post-pandemic as well people were doing that but you can see how in 2019 2020 you were seeing a quarter i had i in my head i had a third it's a quarter a quarter of the of the workforce in a quarter of the workforce of of people age 65 of those age 65 plus a quarter of them were working in 2018 2019 it actually got to 26 percent just before the pandemic in, in February March twenty twenty. It then drops to twenty three percent. Now one a one percent move in that number, that's about thirty eight million people. So one percent so we're talking about a drop that's almost you know, and let's that's gotta come out to about three quarters of a million workers who are over age sixty five, left the workforce, didn't come back. All right. So I think, I think that data. I think that data is 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 telling. Um, If I look at the fifty-five, if I look at the data generally for fifty-five and over. At the time when, at the time this the at the time of July twenty-two to July twenty-three, the number of people up fifty-five plus, um, went up by. I'm doing quick math in my head. 270,000 workers. The number of people 25 to 54-year-old went up by almost 2 million workers. Okay. The difference in those groups, the 25 to 54-year-olds, about 105 million people. And, again, the number of people 55-plus is about 38 million people. But where that drop, that drop, that comeback has not been there since then. So let me turn to Larry Summers for a moment Um, because I wanted to talk about this. He was on uh, he was in his normal slot for Wall Street week last night on Bloomberg television, and he was talking about uh, the wage growth as well. And let's let's look at this. This is cut number five.
1: If you look at wage inflation, it was faster for the month than for the quarter, faster for the quarter. Than for the year, and running for the quarter at about 4.9%. That's not consistent with 2% uh, underlying inflation or close. And unemployment ticked down, vacancies ticked up. We still have a tight labor market, a very tight labor market. And with 187,000 jobs created and population growing fifty to a hundred thousand a month, we have not just a tight labor market, but a
8: tightening labor market. He threw a lot of numbers at you really fast. But let's pick let's pick this apart. What would cause wages to rise at a faster rate? Remember, the number of people fifty five over is kind of stagnant. The number of people between 25 and 54 has risen about one and a half to two percent over over the last year. And the number of folks, the number of folks that are 20 to 24 has risen a little bit. Teen employment is, is flat as a pancake, actually. Okay, so you're not gaining teens, and you're not gaining 55. You're not gaining any 55 plus. Uh, a little bit of 55 plus, but not very much all the gains in that t- between 20 and 54 year old group wages are growing faster in the month than the quarter faster in the quarter than, than than the previous quarter faster on an annual basis than say six months ago what could explain that? I have an answer what if it turns out that the economy is actually growing and that growth is causing businesses to try to add workers. What do we know about what's happening in the labor market is also from the Joltz survey. And JOLTS and job quitting told us some very interesting things over the last over the last few weeks and over the last few months. Um over on Yahoo Finance yesterday, after the jobs report release, Julia Pollock was on uh was was on she's the chief economist for zip recruiter. so she's someone that looks at a lot of data looking at at boards on which businesses are posting jobs which increasingly is how workers are finding jobs they're using their phones and their laptops to find the jobs they're looking for i, I mean i still i still remember the good old days of actually sitting with a. Uh, sitting with an egg McMuffin and a coffee in the newspaper in the morning and circling job ads back when I, you know. Spencer asked me what it was like to, what 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 were things like when things were tight for me? Well, that was one way in which things were tight. Even when I was in college and grad school, I had to work to pay for college and grad school. And to do that, I would actually look in a newspaper to look for jobs, right? So Julia Pollack runs a, runs a recruiting firm, or as Chief Economist for a recruiting firm, and she was observing about about some of these issues too. Let's play first this. This is cut six.
2: So usually the decline in temporary help workers is a signal of of a downturn, but that number has been declining for months now, and it's been declining from an exceptionally unusually high level. What happened during the pandemic was that companies uh, saw demand recover much faster than staffing, and so they had to rely unusually much on temporary help workers. Now they are Increasing the ranks of their own staff, they're hiring again. They're actually seeing engagement on job postings rise. They're finding it a little bit easier to get candidates uh, and to get higher quality candidates, and that's allowing them to move away from using contract labor and to focusing on their in-house staff.
8: So when you shift, and let me go. Let me go grab this data. It's going to take me a, take me a moment to get this. Uh, there we go. Uh, when you shift from working for a temporary help firm to working for the firm you've been temporarily helping. That does not count as a change in... That does not count as a change in your your employment status. But do you feel better when you go from working for the temp help firm to actually having... The firm you've been uh, working with say, you know what, we would like actually to hire you. And remember, for most of these temp help firms, when you actually hire somebody in that situation, typically the temporary help firm gets a, gets a, a bonus, a finder's fee for that person. Let me scroll down and get you that data for you for a second. It'll take me just a moment to scroll down there. Temporary help was down twenty-two thousand in the month. Now, those twenty-two thousand now unemployed? No, for the most part. If you listen to, to Ms. Pollock, you would you would have to conclude that they were you know, and that's twenty-two thousand now. That, that was down from, if I'm doing it over the last, I think that's actually a year-over-year year number. In the last year, you've had a hundred and fifty thousand fewer workers, almost. Almost 5% of those who work in temporary help firms leave that area. Did they go to unemployed or did they go to work for the firms that they were working with or maybe a different firm altogether? So that reversal, (coughs) excuse me, that reversal in the beginning is a very important aspect of the, is a very important aspect of of the of the job market and so my point here is everyone's been using wages i'm going back to tyler goodspeed's comment we have a supply problem not a demand problem my answer to that is not so fast my friend let me play one more clip for you in which julia pollack talks about the the jolts report that came out earlier this week that also had some confirming information that might make you think it's demand side as much as it is a supply side cut seven
2: The labor market is still tilted towards job seekers, Uh, the quits rate is now 2.4 percent, down from a high of 3 uh, percent, but still above the pre-pandemic rate of 2.3 percent. And of course, not the you know not the whole economy is slowing down. at Once there are parts of the labor market where workers have retained their leverage and where turnover is still incredibly high, like healthcare and manufacturing, all of those in-person jobs uh, and low-wage jobs that have been particularly affected uh, by by staffing shortages continue to see very strong wage growth pressure. And employers are still struggling to find candidates there, particularly candidates with sort of five to ten years or ten to fifteen years of experience and with specific credentials.
8: And I love the I love the the uh, granularity of the data that that uh, folks like Indeed and ZipRecruiter can provide in terms of us figuring out what's going on in the marketplace right now. It look it's it, in the labor market. I don't see there the supply issue is interesting, but it's it, there's a shift, right? There's no undoubtedly a shift of the 55 plus and particularly the 65 plus population pulling away from labor supply. That said, there's clearly been an acceleration if we are actually de, if we we're actually decelerating into a soft landing, Wages would not be rising, and the fact that wages are still rising is not a supply issue, but I think it still is, to some extent, a demand issue. And herein lies the real problem. How is the Federal Reserve going to differentiate that? How is the f- the federal government, the fiscal policymaker, going to differentiate that? Because my my guess is we're coming up on a... A period here between now and the end of the year where we may get another budget you know we can't pass a budget we might have another government shutdown sort of thing that could come at the end of September um, and oftentimes when the, we have those those events the result of them is more government spending and that could actually make things even more complicated Uh, going forward. Let's take a break here. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to The King Bane Show on The Biz 1440.
0: There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone the past year has been devastating especially for them but here's the good news they might just find it again playing high school sports workouts that stimulate teammates and coaches that care the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately that's what school sports are all about the sense of achievement is real and the camaraderie is hard to beat coping with uncertainty is difficult But school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports.
8: It's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer.
9: What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced. Why did you choose JTR Roofing? After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR. What did you think of the work JTR did? The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR.
2: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
5: Record-setting four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. Watch the Michelle Tafoya podcast free on YouTube or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SalemPodcastNetwork.com.
7: Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of
3: Salem Media Group.
1: From Zumbroda to Zambia. And Detroit Lakes to some lake in Detroit. We're where you are. Stream Twin Cities Business Radio anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com. Or with the free Odyssey
8: app welcome back king banging show the biz 1440 on a job saturday 651-289-4477 four, four, seven, seven, number to call questions and comments 651-289-4477 four, four, seven, seven. um so i'm critical of the idea that all of we're seeing is the all we're seeing in these wage increases is labor supply and part of that is going to be the the labor supply part is going to be that uh, uh, is going to be an argument in clearly in Larry Summers case is an argument to that the Federal Reserve has not pushed rates high enough yet I think in the case of uh, in case of uh, Julia Pollack uh, uh, she doesn't want rate I don't know what she thinks about this. I want to give you an example of someone that is looking at this report and telling the Federal Reserve, you have no business raising rates again. I saw a lot of this, but one of of these examples, Jennifer Harris previously, I'm not sure what her current location is. She was just listed on CNBC as former National Economic Council official, which means she worked in the Biden White House. And you could tell that by the end of this particular comment. Play cut number two, please.
2: When you look at uh, the, the labor um, productivity rates uh, that have just come out in the last few days, you see uh, real gains in productivity. These are these are meaningful uh, numbers. And I think they are coming in part from a shift towards higher wage, higher productivity types of jobs. These are better jobs. Uh, when you put this next to the GDP numbers that have, that have come out of that are still very strong. Uh, all of this, again, as inflation is cooling, uh, I think points to a, a new economic model at work. This is Bidenomics at work.
8: This is Bidenomics at work. I wish I wish we had video because I'm telling you, my head just kind of dropped when I heard when I heard that comment. Um, it's not; it's just not. What we're seeing is that you had a pandemic that caused a massive dislocation. Right, the economy does not work in a way. That where everything goes up and down in unison, it is not a it is not a model that you can put together using. And my apologies to my engineering friends, hydraulics doesn't really work to explain what happens in the economy. The economy consists of millions of people coming up with new ways, interesting ways, to find patterns by which they can specialize, and through that specialization trade and each improve their lives as a result. The pandemic caused a whole lot of those relationships, a whole lot of the of the relationships in which we could specialize in trade to be disrupted. There's nothing that makes them all find their new connections quickly. Think of everything from... The, when we would talk about the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles and the trains, to the to the you know wanting new boats and golf golf carts and and so forth because we're all going to enjoy more outside. The, the inability to find a, to get parts for your cars, the inability to get parts to repair your home, the demand for contractors because we are going to make our homes better because we are going to spend more time at home. Each of those things is not being controlled by some mastermind. They are the result of millions of, upon millions of decisions being made as people find the ways in which they did business disrupted and new thing and, and new ways to do business happen instead. There were a lot of people that learned to work at home who said, This is better. I didn't know I could live like this. I want to live this way and won't go back to the workplace. And businesses deciding I could work with that. Other businesses saying, I can't work with that. And therefore choosing a different way of, of operating and you get that dislocation some of what we talked about in terms of labor supply with the 55 plus is a result of a disruption but these are just millions upon millions of individual decisions being made okay bidenomics works at a macro level okay it is try it, it is like taking a jumbo jet filling it with fertilizer and just pouring it over fields some of which needed the fertilizer badly and will grow in other places where the fertilizer wasn't needed and it doesn't cause any additional growth and in some cases the fertilizer actually does damage you've over fertilized that place I would, argue, I would argue some of what we see in the housing market is froth that is caused by, by low interest rates and that and that you are seeing you are seeing this. And the more you spray from the top, the more of this, the more you see this dislocation happening. That is that's that's an that's important to this. But that but Bidenomics is just that. What we okay, what we need instead, and what I'm going to transition to in the next hour. I'm going to replay that particular clip. Um. We're gonna replay that clip because I need you to think about it some more. Because what we need, the ways in which the economy can grow, it's gonna require a lot of different small adjustments. Small thinking smaller, not in terms of size, but in terms of focus. Right? If you wanna fix things things damage done during during the Great dislocations of 2020. They can't be done from a plane or a jet. They can be done maybe with precision with a precision strike out of a drone or a piloted drone. that can they can help you with that instead. Okay, I'm, I've, I'm, I've probably beat that metaphor into the ground now, but I. I but my point my point is. This isn't Bidenomics, and we're going to tell you more about that in the next hour here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440.
0: Fellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's Ten Thousand Takes, talking
1: about Minnesota's Ten Thousand Losing Teams: Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings—you name it—we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do, we'll tell you about it on Ten Thousand Takes. Ten Thousand Takes, weeknights at five, here on the Biz fourteen forty. Twin Cities Business Radio.
6: More than 80 million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one for news, important weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio from new cars being manufactured, and we can't let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM radio for every vehicle act, Senate Bill 1669, and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. It's also facing action in the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them that you want their support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant and available to you in your car. This is your opportunity to stand up and be heard. Text AM to 52886. That's AM To 52886 to tell Congress to support AM radio. Okay,
7: we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now.
4: 800 884 9018 800 884 9018 800 884 8 9018. That's
3: 800-884-9018. Come and take a tour of the shores of Lake Phelan, assisted living and memory care. With our gorgeous lake views and spacious apartments, you experience resort-style living in a park-like setting. Our care team is in the building 24-7, and we have great food and engaging activities. The shores of Lake Phelan is excellence in senior living every day. Located between Lake Keller and Lake Phelan.